Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This week on Up to 90, we talk Susan Smith. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Ems. A oh, Happy New Year. Old acquaintance. Thank still God it's over. Still didn't learn the words of it. We just, I mean, is there anyone who likes New Year's Eve <laughs> no. in the world? <laughs> no. I actually think... Um, <laughs> That's why we're still working, peeps. We couldn't care less. Could not care less. Absolutely not. I I do like getting a wedding invite for New Year's Eve because you're doing nothing anyway. Yeah, that's a great night for a wedding. Yeah, I it is. It's a great night for a yeah. wedding. Uh, Fred, if you're listening, <gasps> I, th- I, I would prefer that now to. I still think it's grand getting the invites for the kind of Christmas weddings, but that would send me into a panic. But if it was on New, like if it was at New Year's, I'd be like, ah, grand. Everything's done yes. then. You know what I mean? Now, the only thing not to be mammy, I do think with, because Irish weddings are so full on, like it's the whole oh, shebang, yeah, like we yeah. don't hold back with the food and etc. that I do think having gone to the few weddings that week after Christmas, you just don't appreciate your meal. Like you don't want, yeah. you don't want a big dinner. You're like, no, I'm over it now. You don't need it. I know what you mean. Uh, but yeah, happy new year, guys. It's going to be the best year yet. We know it. Yeah. For a fact. Let's you can just quote us on that. <laughs> up to 90. Up to 90. Up to 90. With Emma and Julie. Look, we want to thank you for all your support in 2018. But genuinely, I want to shout out to um, the lovely Ailva McNulty. Oh, yeah. Um, Sister Jen got in touch to say oh, she's yes. a big fan. And of course, we are teasing everyone with <laughs> um, uh, very vague, very vague updates about live shows happening yes. in the new year. Yeah. But we are going to, it's our plan this week now that we're going to solidify. Um, we're gonna just kind of solidify a few things. Um, yeah, just kind of sort out a couple of dates, couple of peeps, etc. And we will like we're gonna have tickets on sale for these shows, you know, well in advance. Yes. So people will fright not. You will definitely be able to attend uh, with plenty of notice, etc. Mm-hmm, so, Elva mm-hmm. McNulty, big shout out to you. What's your name, Alva? Alva Elva. A I L B H E. Alva. Would you say Alva? Yeah, I have a mate called Alva, right? And she was in Australia for a year. 
Alva. And what happened was, so Alva was one of the few who actually like worked in a proper job. Obviously, it was hammered. I was one of those soldiers. Yes, she did that. All my mates off doing traffic control, absolutely locked every single day. And I lied on my CV and ended up working in a government office. Oh, I think she was No crack whatsoever. I think she had a similar experience. But when she left, she was like, look, I've been here for a year. Going to get a few uh, references out of it. And it came to it. No one could spell her fucking name. She couldn't use any of the references at all. Because they they never got a handle of her name. I remember we had, myself and my friend Maria, we had one pair of work pants. We were absolutely gross. Like this was 10 years ago. One pair of work pants that she would wear to the pub. We've all done it. We've all done it. That one pair of black pants. And you would wear them every single day. I know. And you're absolutely like just... I mean, you're willing. You're willing the stitching and the crotch to go, aren't oh you? Oh God, gone! And we were talking fifteen dollars for a pair of pants. And we're like, no, absolutely not. not yeah. Oh, I know exactly um, what you're talking about. But I, a friend of ours actually went off on a Monday, and she went on a mad one, and she drank every single day, and wore the same pair of pants, and then Friday rolled around, and she was still in the pub. So Saturday bled into Sunday. And she actually turned up for work. Really good job. Yeah, yeah. The following Monday, and she came home that evening. She's like, I actually put these pants on like a week ago this morning. But you can see how it can happen when you're in Australia in your early 20s because you finish work at five, you go back to Bondi Junction, you just go drinking, fall asleep. I mean, I used to live with a girl actually in i won't say the place but i used to live with her and we were so depressed living in this town on the western seaboard she worked in the bank there and she would just go to sleep in her uniform and be like what's the fucking point julie and just wake up the next day in the uniform and roll in we've all been there we've all been there jesus do you know i won't say what bank was but i will give the initials aib Actually, I just remembered something now. I didn't... Do you remember we had to t- um, cancel the Tullamore gig? Yes! I never said. So, listener, if there's anyone from Tullamore who's going to the gig, apologies, we had to cancel, but Shane's dad died at the start of December, wasn't it? Mm. So we had to cancel because the funeral was on the same day as the gig, and, you know, you're like, come on. I, you know, I, I had to... We Like, we love the podcast, but come on. We love the gigs, we had to go. But can I tell a listener what I did in work? Oh, yeah, very funny I have story. to tell you this, this is guys. Right? So I was in work. And this sorting, is a good one. They're sorting out the, the date of the removal and the funeral and everything. And I'm like, oh, I need to let my boss know, like, you know, I'm not going to be in. I'm going to be gone for those few days. So I was like, right, I'll get that email sent. And I was like, I was spending all this time like, oh, so me and Shane are together 10 years, but like we're not married. But you're like, you don't want to call him boyfriend. You're like, what do you call my partner? You're like, what I'm am I going to call him? already. So since he was saying, Shane, <clears throat> my my partner, his dad died, blah, blah, blah. And I toddled off. And then all these phone calls started going around going, oh, my God, is Emma okay? So there's people out of the office at shoots or whatever. And there's people in the office. So there, people in office are getting phone calls going, oh, my God, is Emma Okay. Yeah, she's fine. Everything's she's going to be in tomorrow, and they're like, "Jesus, she's going to be in tomorrow." It's all very sad. It's all very sad. So it turned out that I had sent my boss an email, and I had left out the word "dad," and I had told everyone in work that my partner Shane had died. But I'll be so in tomorrow. Funny. Oh my god! But I'll be in tomorrow, guess. and I'll make up the time. <laughs> I mean, how bad is that? 
I just think it is the funniest thing I've heard. It's for horrific, so long, isn't it? So casual. It's totally. So I, casual. I said it obviously to Shane, and he was just like, "Oh my god," he was pissing himself. He's like, "That's so you." And even all my family were just like, "Oh god," and that's completely you or whatever. But he told me, "Did I tell you this?" He told me, uh, like my boss, that there was this guy that used to work there, and he was only there like a couple of days, and he jumped up from his desk, and he was like, "Oh my god." Oh my God! No, it's Toby! Oh my God! Oh my God! He's like, what? What happened? This is hilarious. It's Toby, and he's like, y- "Do you need to leave now?" He's like, "Yes." Do you want to lift and everything? And he's driving him. He's like, "Oh my God! What's after happening?" And he's like, "My girlfriend! Oh my God! My girlfriend! She's gonna be so upset." And um, he's driving him, whatever. And he's like, "What? Ha- what happened to him?" And he's like, "He fell into the river." He's like, oh my Jesus, he fell into the river. He's like, yeah, he fell into the li- river. He was off his lead. He got sucked up into the sewerage pipe. He's like, what? So then he cops that Toby was a fucking dog. He thought Toby was his fucking well, child. Well, now the only thing I will say, the only thing it's I would say... It's bad, though. I would also be upset if my dog got sucked up a sewerage pipe. It's terrific, isn't it? I mean, I get that it's the whole like, oh, thank fuck, I thought you were a human, but it's still fairly traumatic, to be fair. I know, but then he has the awkward thing in the car then of going, oh, that's grand then. But it's still horrific because he thought it was like a child. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But there's always these mad stories. Like my friend of mine and a friend of mine and uh, actually, a, an auntie of mine. Oh yeah, worked with someone years and years ago, and mm-hmm. like now this was probably about fifteen years ago. But basically, she made up that she had cancer, so she was always oh, like, "Would you yeah. mind covering for me in the afternoon because I've actually to go off and this get a bit is of treatment?" More common than you'd think. And sure, then it was like, but I think thinking it is more common than you think. Always, yeah. But uh, and yeah, and like sure, then it emerged. Oh, because you know what? It was something that. She then moved on. So she was teaching in a school and she then moved on to another school, as teachers do. Yeah, yeah. And sure didn't the principals or something meet one another and the the previous principal made some like idle comment like, you know, how is she? How is she doing? And he was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, well, you know, like, wasn't Mm. she sick? And he was like, no. So then it all emerged, like it just all unraveled the whole story. I mean, you would have to forget about leaving the country. I think you'd actually have to leave the continent if you were outed for having lied about having cancer. Oh, I mean, it's messed up. That'd it's be a really good Netflix. Well, do you know what, Ems? Actually, this that actually was a really good intro for what we're talking about today because it oh. is actually talking about people. Kind of, you know, being a little bit compulsive, fabricating things, being devious, being manipulative, etc. Um, Thank you. And that's just, <laughs> you're my princess. Thank my you. My absolute queenie. Um, new yeah. year, new me. Okay, so this week on Up to 90, we're yes. talking Susan Smith. Interesting. Uh, so Susan Smith, so this me. was a case in 1994. Yes. Okay. And the case gained international attention because Susan Smith was a 23-year-old. I just got to look Living in now. South Carolina. You remember her face, I'd Yeah, yeah I need yeah. to see which one you she need is. A visual. You're not away. You need a visual. So yeah. uh, 1994, um, October 25th, she is... Uh, absolutely hysterical lands lands up to a neighbor's door in this town of Union 
in mm-hmm. South Carolina. Absolutely hysterical. It's um on a it's an uh, it's an October evening, October twenty fifth to be precise, approximately nine p.m. And starts banging on these people's door. They oh, this couple open the door. And they are greeted by a hysterical Susan Smith saying that she's been carjacked and that a man has driven off in her car with her two little boys in the car. Yes. So I remember her now. Sorry. I just the the picture of her there with the glasses and everything yes. is bringing it back to me. Yeah. yeah. So um, bit of background about Susan Smith. So basically she grew up in this town in South Carolina. Um, she uh, her parents divorced and her mother remarried this guy who was like this big Christian head, mm-hmm. very big in like this church in in the town called Bev Russell. So uh, okay. remarried. She was like very academic. She was popular, etc. in high school. Um, she was, when she was, she was 16, she was well. good looking. So this kind of feeds into part of the story as well. And I think it's part of the reason that people, whether they admit it or not, were so fascinated with this case. Yeah. Because she herself, well, I mean, obviously, like she was physically attractive, etc. But there was all, I mean, a lot of it, like, you know, a lot of the interest surrounding her revolves around her relationships with men. So we'll get to that. Yeah. So she was 16. And she, there was, okay, so when she was 16, there were suggestions maybe that all was not right at home. So she went to her counsellor in school and she said that um, her stepfather had started molesting her. And it was all a bit kind of, It's. I was trying to get a bit of information on this, but it seems to be a bit of a grey area. But ultimately she did stay at home. Bev, the stepfather, was removed from the home for a while, but then he returned. They went to some family counselling sessions, etc. And, you know, that was maybe, just to give a bit of context, that was maybe an indicator that maybe not all was well, that something was, Mm -hmm. something strange was happening. When she was 18, she was working in a grocery store in this town, uh, Union in South Carolina and uh, she was you know having a relationship with three men one of whom was an older married man right. and he broke it off with her what age is she now and she was happening? 18 so this oh, is like right. immediately after high school she had just been voted uh, friendliest female in oh. high school so she you oh, know was popular yeah. academic but I would never trust anyone who was voted friendliest female absolutely red not flag. I mean red flag 101 uh, so she this older married guy broke it off with her and she attempted suicide then so this will all feed into you know later on when we're talking about the case etc yeah. so she attempted suicide and was diagnosed was actually hospitalised at the time right. diagnosed as depressed it turned out then that her dad had also committed suicide okay. when she was when she was a kid etc during this time she was going through a bit of a difficult time and she uh, hooked up with this guy who was also working in the grocery store by the name of David Smith right. so they went on to get married yeah. and they had two babies first of all they had and I mean to be honest even when I was reading up in this case it just seems to be like kind of you know troubled past you know meets troubled past because then he his brother had died of Crohn's disease like two weeks before they got married like then his his father um, his father either either attempted suicide or commit, committed suicide and his mother moved away so it's just like oh so then they had a kid Michael mm. so they had a kid Michael and they had a very kind of tempestuous relationship I mean they were young as well so just mm. to bear that in mind like they were young I mean even seeing the videos of them um, you know in the wake of like this 
crime uh, when they were appealing for information, etc. Like they just look like two little kids, yeah. You know, playing husband and wife. When you just think, God, like you know, they were they were they were just babies themselves, really. But he, so they were they were both kind of basically off with other people the whole time, you know, getting to the getting to the 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 essence of it and they broke up got back together when they got back together she got pregnant again and they had their second little boy Alex so they had uh, the time of this crime they had a three year old and an 18 month old so Mm -hmm. Michael and Alex so they had split up and this time now this the, this separation seemed a bit more long term so it seemed a bit more definite yeah. so she hooked up with this guy who became a total obsession for her and his name was Tom Finley yeah. so Tom Finley was he was the son of uh, this guy. He was quite basically an eligible bachelor in this town in South, South Carolina. So he was young, good looking. He was the son of the guy who owned this uh, company called Cosno Products, which seemed to be like this massive employer in, in the town. So he was heir to like this kind of, you know, empire, this small empire anyway. A really good looking guy, a total eligible bachelor. And he feeds into the story because Susan was totally obsessed with him. Absolutely Mm -hmm. obsessed with him. And a few days before this, so a week before these events unfolded, he had written her like a Dear Jane letter basically saying, look, um, which just even the fact, like even when I read a letter, I'm like, oh my God, so 90s. Do you remember Mm -hmm. the letters? I mean, they were a thing. I know. Oh God, yeah. So he wrote Did a letter. Did you write a, someone a letter? Oh, breaking up with them? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm breaking up. I think you'd have to actually be in a relationship to break up with someone. Mm, but you I know, know, I certainly would have written a letter saying, "Please be with me." Was you know the general tenet? Yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So in the letter, he said, "Listen, I read, and it's so even reading the letter, it is so cringe. It's basically, it's oh. not you, it's me." Thanks Clearly, for the blowies, she was. Out obsessed with him and he was like how do I get away from this bitch because she she was a secretary in his company she had left the grocery store because she didn't want to be working with David because they right. were no longer together Yeah, and he was like listen it's not you it's me um, I think you're great but ultimately there are things in your life I can't accept and yes I'm talking about your kids kids mm-hmm. so because Susan was clearly a bit bit of a headbanger yeah. she takes from this letter he wants to be with me but the kids I gotta get them out of the way no that's what I would take from it I mean <laughs> you know I, you know me no judgment here but that's what I would be thinking because then a couple of days after so look we've all been there you know when you're head over heels about someone and they break up with you and you really don't want it to happen and you're in this crazy obsessive place and she seemed to be just wearing the ear off the friends for the week so the oh, friend yeah. said that a couple of days after this letter, she said to she said to the friend, I wonder what my life would be like without kids. So we can mm-hmm. kind of see the cogs God. turning. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. October 25th, she's in work. She's all upset, hysterical. She's to leave work early because, you know, she's so upset about the breakup, etc. And she goes back to the office. She actually got her friends to look after the kids. Right. Goes back to the office and basically wanted to tell him, look, you know, she had previously, I can't quite get the logic on this, but the, in after this letter, she had told him, like, I don't know, was it a bid maybe to get a sympathy boat or something? I don't know what she was trying to appeal to in him. But she had told him how 
basically she had maintained a sexual relationship with her stepfather up to six months before like this uh, these events took place on October 25th so she was like look I was still involved with my stepfather up to six months ago maybe her thinking was like just saying this to him as in like maybe this has messed me up like maybe that's why you don't want to be with me uh, some sort of nugget of information that would make him have to get in touch with her or something you know that kind of way that's what I'm saying that like I I just yes exactly like as in uh, you know like uh, you know exactly that like maybe just I don't want to say playing the victim but that maybe that shock quality shock factor that he would have to get in touch if he was a decent person he would have to reach out kind of thing but it's kind of manipulative it as well though it's it's you know you would wonder about her timing her timing and also she told him in the same conversation she confessed and again I do not understand her thinking on this at all but Mm -hmm. she confessed that she had um gotten together with his father as well, so you would, you really just want to take Susan aside and say, "Listen, oh, Susan, okay, what part sake. of this is he going to say? Okay, wasn't aware of that. Let's give this another go. You know, it just because he had everything. also written in the letter. There was one paragraph where he talked, and again, it's so cringe because you can just imagine she probably thought she was being like, you know, maybe it was like trying to make him jealous or whatever that she'd been in a hot tub. And had started kissing like a friend of his who was married. And he was like, listen, if you want to be with a nice guy, you know, you can't go off with married men because basically nice girls don't sleep with married men. So she came back and she said, look, you know, I've had a lot going on. You know, I've been involved sexually with my stepfather. I got it together with your dad. Like, just seems totally insane. Like the whole, the whole Why couldn't you just say, look, I had me period? Had me period. Yeah. Uh, her, I started a new pill. It's turned me a bit yeah. crazy. That was always one I liked to mm. wean out every now and again. Um, but be yeah. vague. Be vague. I've just I would always say, when did you think to, you know, I moment. might say to a man, when did you think I started acting crazy? And, you know, if he didn't say, well, day one, he might say, oh, maybe about a, three months ago. Oh, my God, that's mad. Because I actually started this new, new pill. pill. Yeah, I think it's just it's not classic. agreeing with me. And it's a classic get out of jail card, girls. So just a little nugget to take forth. Happy Christmas. We're a bit belated, but oh yeah, anyway. and don't forget to be taking your pill now over Christmas and New Year because it is a time where the days you don't know what day it is and stuff. So just, just take it, girls. You'll thank <laughs> us come September. Okay, you will thank us when you're bikini ready. Come July, you I will know. thank us. So you're welcome. She he goes. She goes back to the office, right? right. Because she has this. She's basically acting like a total crazy horse on October 25th. She's a young one as well She's a young one. She's like, I've got two kids. I'm divorced. I don't want to lose this guy. I told him I was sleeping with his dad and my stepdad. This is not ideal. Um, So she goes back to the office and she says, look, forget it. I made it all up, blah, blah. And he was like, okay, please leave because this is just freaking me out insane. So she goes back uh, to the house. She makes her sons some pizza. They have dinner. She rings the friend a friend of hers who's working in like the tavern where he goes like on a, on a Friday night yeah. this is all happening on a Friday night and she's like is, to- is uh, Tony there uh, Tom sorry is Tom there and the mate's like yeah and she's like oh again get ready for the cringe she's like is he talking about me and she was like no he has not mentioned you at all 
So she goes off and said she told police that she went to Walmart, picked up a couple of bits, was driving around and somewhere between 7.30 and 8, her car was jacked. And this is when it gets interesting. Mm. She said, oh, my car was jacked by a black man. Okay, and he made me drive around and then he made me get out of the car and he said he wouldn't hurt the kids and he drove off and the policemen were like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, bizarre. So So do do they believe her at the start? This is the thing. So the thing is, is that the police now they said after the fact, obviously it's with the benefit of hindsight but they did say after the fact that from day one they were suspicious because right, okay. it's not why would a car a car jacker the last thing he wants is two kids in the car like they you usually know. are able to with those kind of cases anyway it seems like the police are usually able to sniff out the bullshit pretty quick because well they did say but you see of course because her initial story was that she had been carjacked by a black man obviously on the off chance that this was true they had to put this information out into the public, course, public yeah. realm because they had nothing and else to go on anyway was, was that the black community I mean you're talking about a town of 10,000 people which in American terms is relatively small like yeah. in Ireland obviously not so much but in American terms relatively small so you really had a black community that was kind of under siege because there was this real barrier between the police and the black community yeah. and the white community because like the black community felt like they were getting blamed for this crime and there was just a lot of there was very vague information i mean the like the 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 uh picture the the picture fit oh, of composite. the suspect the composite uh, yeah. yes thank you um was so generic it's just embarrassing like there was so it was just but the police did say they were just us from the start of course, then a couple of things made them even more suspicious. So uh, she failed a polygraph test. Yes. And uh, her husband, her ex-husband, David. Oh, no, but you know what? I've heard. Have you heard this before? I've heard that often, pa- <coughs> sorry, parents can fail polygraphs. Well, you see, this is it. It's because not they feel guilt. So it's not as conclusive as it can be with other things. Because well, you... Even if it's more complicated, it's more complicated yeah. because a lot yeah. of the time, it's a lot, of, a lot of the time, mothers will fail the polygraph because they feel guilt. So that's okay. what starts. So let's up. okay, let's let's give her a, a, a free pass on that one. Yeah, okay, okay, like I know she free did it pass, all, but I'm just free saying pass like on that one. But also, she said that she was carjacked at a traffic lights at a junction, and oh, she right. said that the light was red. There were no other cars around. How convenient! Mm. And the cop said, "Well, that can't be true yeah. because for that light to turn red, there's a sensor." On the other street, mm. it would have to be activated by a passing car. So there would have to have been another car on that junction for the light to be red. Right. So Susan, of course, you know, happens all of us when, you know, you say, oh, sorry, I, I didn't get back to you last night. I just was feeling really unwell. And then they're like, you know, somebody says, well, that's interesting because, you know, so-and-so tagged you. Yeah. Okay. Are you watching the, the TV Prosecco there? reception. You yeah. know, she was Turned stung and like all of us do, she got really belligerent, you know, effing and blinding, etc. really aggressive. Like, In the interim, <laughs> like all of us do, we're stung. You've no, got me. There no. had to be another car there. Okay, fair enough. And so, yes, yeah, so then in the midst of all this, then they had divers searching this John D. Uh, what is it called? Uh, John D. Long Lake. So yeah. They're searching this lake and uh, 
they went out 100 feet. They couldn't find anything. Okay, mm. so they were like, look, it's on the lake. But they had their suspicions that Susan had done something. Right. Meanwhile, of course, they're all over American media. She's appealing, you know, bawling, crying. But she gave one thing away on one of the American shows. Oh. So she said... Uh, and by the way, Pearl David's sitting there holding her hand like, oh ex- yeah, this is a ra- like, totally unaware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On one of the American shows, she said, I loved them. I really did. Past tense. So straight away, you're like, oh, Susan, for fuck's sake. So nine days after the events, she's coming under pre- increasing pressure. They're finding more and more holes in the story. And the morning, actually, she was on one of the major, like, Good Morning America or one of those, like, one of the major American news yeah. um, channels that morning. And, uh, well, one of the main American TV shows that morning. And she was talking about how, you know, to be accused, you know, because they asked her, you know, people, you've been coming yeah. onto fire. And she was like, as a mother, you want to protect your kids. You'd never hurt them. And that afternoon, she met with Sheriff Wells uh, in a church of all places. Mm. And he was asking her again about the day and she asked him to pray with her and she broke down and was hysterical and confessed everything. And in that moment, obviously, they were like, look, we need to get this written down. She wrote it down. So she confessed that she had killed the kids. Mm. Now, what she said happened was... Uh, Happy so she New said, Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy Welcome New Year. to 2019. Julie's still banging on about murder. Um, so, come here now. Um, did she just drive them into the... So what she mm. said was, she said that she was feeling suicidal. Right. And that she wanted to kill the kids um, because she didn't want the kids to be without a mother. So you're like... Okay, and she then decided to drive the kids um, to the lake, Mm -hmm. okay, put the car into drive and basically watch the car go into the water. Christ. And like, I mean, you know, it's not even worth, it's not even worth picking that theory apart. Like if you were feeling suicidal, why you would do that? Okay, so she wasn't like she claimed because in 2015, actually, there was a documentary being made about her and she wrote this letter and she talked about, look, something went seriously wrong that night and I genuinely did want to kill myself and I just wanted to kill the kids first. And then I came up with this story because I, you know, couldn't face telling people the truth, etc. But from day one, the police have been adamant and staunch in saying she is a really devious and manipulative person. So they would still maintain, and the prosecutor put it on the table day one as a motivation actually in the trial. I mean, it's what I would, I mean, I would probably think the evidence points to that, that she wanted to get rid of the kids because she thought the kids were what was standing between her and getting with the guy. It's not just a case of somebody who's had a massive psychotic episode because I think even like a lot of these cases when you hear about uh, parents killing their children or you know husbands killing their families and all, I mean obviously it goes without saying but they are people that need to be taken away and treated mm-hmm. and sectioned mm-hmm. and you know they're obviously people who have severe Men, I like I, I even hate saying mental health because it's such a broad term but they obviously have severe mental issue like just chemical huge chemical imbalances in their brain and somehow they've managed to slip through the cracks but as you say because she had a motive 
for what she was doing and yes. a reason it makes it completely well, different and it the wasn't fact just that somebody she says the friend the fucking I wonder what would my life be like without kids you yeah, know it's it all a bit yeah. selfish so look obviously we can't say for certain but I mean personally I would think you know I mean I would think that it would all point to that and she did so at the trial obviously the prosecution pushed for the death penalty yes Um, she was adamant she was like there was no motive she kept coming back to the phrase I wasn't in my right mind I wasn't in my right mind yeah interestingly which I think is interesting because it was such a small community um, they t- took the option of actually holding the trial in the small town. Right, okay. So it was like nine men, three women, four um, four members of the jury were black. So it was a nice kind of balanced jury. In our own hometown, I'm surprised that went to her because there was no way she was going to get a, a fair trial. She's yeah, isn't be... it? It's, it's, but she... Well, uh, but you know what I mean? We the prosecution, interestingly... Uh, they made the point that, or sorry, th- so they, they, she was, so she, they said about the motivation from the start that it was basically she wanted to get with this guy, blah blah blah, and the kids were holding her back, and the defense argued against the death penalty, and actually their int- their rationale was interesting. They said, well, she's suicidal, so she wants to die, so if you give her the death penalty, that's giving her what she wants. But of course, it was a major major coup for that defense team, who also actually defended um, Ted. Zinsky and your one what was her name the female Clark was the female um, uh, defence lawyer and Ted Kaczynski absolutely hated her because she argued he was insane and as a result he didn't get the death penalty and he was like I'm totally not insane I knew what I was doing but in this instance she was like listen um yeah, like she wants the death penalty, so don't. Yeah. So she didn't get the death penalty; she got life. Um, she is eligible for parole. This kind of freaked me out. She's eligible for parole in twenty twenty four. So when God. she served thirty years, so she'll only be fifty three. Jesus. So, so I was I was watching a thing recently on Netflix, an innocent man. You know, it's based on the John Grisham book. Okay. And basically, well, I suppose it's a lot of it's around false oh, confessions. Oh, I saw this. Is it good? It's very good. Yeah. Oh, I can't. And you know wait what's great? It. Actually, it's not too dragged out either, which makes a fucking change for these programs. But anyway, the not mother not naming any names, <laughs> making yeah. a murder scene. Yeah. Dave, thank you. Um, but. The mother of one of the victims, she made the point that when um, the killer was first convicted, she was disappointed that he didn't get the death penalty, but he got life without parole. But then she was like, do you know what? She's it's like, worse. No, she said it's better because life without parole means that he can't apply for parole or anything like that. So she'll never have to hear about him again. Oh. Whereas he was on death row, there'd be appeal after appeal and yes. they keep pushing that. So she was like, you know what? It's actually better. Yes. Because if he was on death row, and it's not like someone's on death row and then by the end of the week they're done. Like that goes on well, for I years think, anyway. Yes. And then so oh, that kind of would have been dragged up all the time for her. Yeah, it would have been dragged yeah. up all the time. Every few years there would have been a new appeal or a new something or whatever. So, um, yeah, that no, was I her think, point. well, she, but she's going to be four is crazy. Well, you see, then I hate to like freak you out, but it was that's 30 years. She'll have served three decades. But, like, obviously, not that I have any input when it comes to Susan Smith getting parole. But, I mean, look, I don't want to overstate. Well, I mean, if Kim Kardashian's having a say. (laughs) I'm sorry. She's doing well now. Come on. She, um, 
ha- like she has been in trouble. She's had a few violations since being in prison. Well, she been has a bit of tried a to kill girl. herself when she was forty, nearly forty. She's tried to kill herself. She's also been with two corrections officers. Yeah, I remember. And she this. tested positive for an STI. And that's how basically, like, they stung one of the corrections officers. Mm. And they're serious in the States about, like, if you have, like, sexual relations with an inmate, because one of them served three months in jail himself. God. So, I mean, but I mean, obviously, like, there has to be some ethical boundaries there, like, really. So, anyway, so she, yeah, been a, been a bit of a nasty girl in prison. And again, you know, it sounds terrible, but it probably nearly feeds into the fascination with Susan Smith that, like, somebody who is probably guilty of the most repugnant crime you mm. can imagine. She's still, like, the fact that she basically had relationships with, like, at least two corrections officers, yeah. it shows that she's still almost, there's always this beguiling element to Susan Smith that people obviously fall for. Like, she is such a manipulative person Yeah, that yeah. she could, even at this point, still probably manipulate people around her. And I know we're going to probably get people in touch saying, look, she could have changed... Uh, she could be a new woman, maybe she wasn't in her right mind, etc. You know, I'm not saying otherwise, but I just think it all feeds into this image of her as just an exceptionally manipulative mm. person. And of course, the whole thing then, even like with the with the stepfather, etc., like it's quite I just you wouldn't know what to make of it because then of course the mother and stepfather were the ones who funded like this you know big defense team etc and Susan Smith's family what I actually think was really interesting and you know again like the whole thing with the stepfather could be completely true in which case he's an absolute scumbag but the brother came out and I actually thought it was really like noble of um, uh, like the brother is speaking and the family are standing behind the brother but the brother apologises he he was like I want to take this moment to apologise to the black community in union Okay, yeah. which I actually think was really like lovely gesture to take that moment to be like we want to apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And interestingly, like you know, obviously there was this. I mean, the fact that like it was uh, she was like it was a black man, and everyone was like, oh yeah, no, that sounds like about right. I mean, obviously it really did not, you know, help like racial tensions. I mean, you're talking about like by the time when all these news crews were ro- re- rolling in, like I was laughing because the sheriff made a comment that he talked about, like, oh, the old African-American hospital. He got NBC to basically put electricity in, that they used it as, like, their base during the trial. Mm. But I was like, even the fact that in 1994, he was referring to the old African-American hospital. Like, the fact that, like, as in segregation was so recent in that town, and all it took was for a white woman to say, it was a black man, and everyone got on board with that. I just thought it was actually just... You know, uh, I mean, I suppose you're ch- you're talking like a very minute, like maybe moment of like hope or positivity or optimism. But the fact that he took that moment to say, "I want to apologize to the black community," yeah. and apparently, uh, obviously, it did really leave a bad taste in the black community's mouth. But even the fact that there were four black members of the jury, etc., I think people at the time, um, the general opinion seemed to be that like they were like, "Look, let's not use this as a reason." to tear each other apart and it had a surprising obviously I'm sure it left a bad taste etc but it didn't it didn't kind of tear people apart either yeah you know it was very much like this woman was clearly devious clearly manipulative clearly was saying anything to get herself off the hook and they saw it for that which was good um so yeah look 
she's up for parole in 2024. It was, it was a story that it just continues, even going back to now, I mean, it's a story that just continues to haunt you. Mm, I know. But you still want to talk about it? I still want to talk about it. But it's interesting. It is uh, interesting. No, it is, definitely. I would sort of like... I and she herself I is in, my an interesting bits. character and remains to this day, as you say, the I don't fact that she's still in prison getting in trouble. I mean, I don't fancy her, her chances kind of no. being a functioning member of society, as I they really say. I really don't think so. I mean... I think she'll just be out of one institution and into another. Like, I don't see how... She could just get on with normal life. And actually, poor old David Smith. Well, he has gone on, you know, he, you know, he's gone on to uh, obviously live his life, etc. Yeah. But I did watch an interview with him on Oprah. And like, you would really feel for him because, of course, he was like, I just was totally duped, like, by the whole thing. Um, but and he has gone on to live his life. And what about the boyfriend? Do you hear anything about him? Or oh, do you know what? what was I was trying, Tom, Tom, was Tom Finley. I was he trying really to find out a bit about him. But like, I mean, if he was anyway, normal decent human which I'm sure you know there was nothing to suggest he wasn't anything other than Mm. like a guy enjoying him a young guy enjoying himself etc I I mean can you imagine the guilt you'd feel if you'd written that in a letter and you were like god did she take that I know and then imagine that imagine that letter being kind of picked (sighs) I know dissected yeah yeah it was a long letter Tom if you're listening it wasn't your fault Oh, One thing, listener, before we go, if you could rate or review us, that would be absolutely fantastic. Yes. Uh, it really helps us loads when it, it comes to the algorithms. And one thing, now I'm sure you know this already, listener, but I did not know this. Mm-hmm. Did you know it's the downloads that count when it comes to podcasts? So here I have been listening to podcasts and mm. I rarely download. Download. I'm always just like going off the Wi-Fi, going off my data, etc. It's actually the downloads. That's oh. what counts. That's what people are counting. So if you want to help us out, and again, because we're such newbies, I'm sure you knew this already. Mm. But if you want to help us out um, and if you just want to be sound... If you could download, if you could. if you could download rather than go off the data or the Wi-Fi or whatever it is you're doing, because I didn't realize. Otherwise, it's like not counted. It has to be like download right. is what people are counting. Didn't know that. Every day's a skill oh, day. Happy it, New Year, guys! Because the more people, I suppose, them that download, the more we can do with the podcast. And oh, it's like so exciting. Even like people getting in touch and like obviously, you know. Um, like the reviews you'd and like positive feedback you the start of the new year the positivity is still there positive no but I we were saying that now even you know the last few months that yeah. like there's been such a shift and people are really getting into the podcast and as a result of that we won't talk about Tupac episode we won't talk about Tupac that was a, a nadir for everyone involved okay an absolute technical moral um, emotional nadir but we will say that as a result of people Elna. really getting into this Elna. podcast we have some seriously exciting things hap- happening in 2019 and we are going to give back yeah we don't know what we they really are appreciate we don't it. know what they are <laughs> but Emma even if Emma has to do something that makes her uncomfortable she's given back okay? I've given back I've loads. given back I've been Shady Che. I've been Majoran. Happy New Year, kids. Happy New Year. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.